This episode of the Consulting Pipeline Podcast is brought to you by me, Philip Morgan. Hey, did you know that I work with people one-on-one? The reason I do that is when those people have a higher need for um, like a high-touch sort of engagement or they need results even faster than my positioning accelerator program provides or they need greater confidentiality or something like that. So if that sounds like something that would be helpful to you, I'd like you to reach out, go to my website, philipmorganconsulting.com, go all the way to the bottom, click the link at the bottom that says services, and then navigate your way through that page. Sorry, I did not mean this to sound like it's a maze for you to navigate, but you go down all the way to the bottom of philipmorganconsulting.com, click services, and then on that page, scroll down to the one-on-one engagement, and that's a link to a form that you can use to tell me more about your needs. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, reaching a little ways back into the mailbag here. I got a question on June 9th from Mr. D. He asks, is your good is your book a good fit for a new developer who wishes to go freelance or should I wait until I have more experience before positioning? And normally I would just respond to a question like this one-on-one when it's a question about fit with one of my products, but I wanted to highlight this on the show because it's a common question and I think it will, even if you're not even thinking about buying my book or any of my products, I think it will be helpful as you think about the larger question of specialization. So the question again is, someone's a brand new developer, I guess I'll have to make some assumptions. You could be working, you know, working for the man, working a full-time job as a developer or you could be working for yourself as a brand new developer. I think in either case, you're going to face some challenges, not in, not insurmountable challenges, but nevertheless, you'll face some challenges when it comes to specialization. And I've worked with enough people who are in this situation to be pretty confident in telling you what you're going to run into. And I so I'll start with the challenges first. I don't want this to sound discouraging or like uh, overwhelming or anything like that, but I just do want to give you a realistic answer to your questions. Uh, so the challenges you will face are uh, one of uh, several that really are probably the same thing at the root, which is um, the same challenge, honestly, that a, a company like... Um, Trader Joe's is trying to solve by having a reduced product selection. Apple used to be also a great example of this, although that's becoming less and less true as they add more SKUs to their product lineup. But the challenge is um, high stakes. So you're making what is perceived to be a high stakes decision. And it's more of a high stakes decision than what am I going to have for lunch? (laughs) But you're making that high stakes decision or one that you perceive to be high stakes with very little information about your own preferences, most likely. Now, it's certainly possible that you're a brand new developer at age, you know, 45, and you've got tons of work experience and you really have kind of been around the block a time or two. In which case, I I would say you're unlikely to face the challenge that I'm describing. The challenge that I'm describing tends to show up when someone has little diversity of prior work experience. Uh, 
So to flip that on its head, it's actually, it turns out to be a pretty significant advantage when, when someone is thinking about specializing their services, which starts with their marketing, and that sort of leads the way to developing the greater expertise that specialists tend to have. And then that leads the way to being able to charge a premium price for that expertise. So um, anyway, the, uh, the advantage that people who have a diverse background have is that they have all this direct experience with different types of clients, different types of uh, company sizes. Do you enjoy working with Fortune 500 companies? Would you rather work with individuals? Would you rather work with small and medium-sized businesses? All of these questions are easier to answer when you have a diversity of direct first-hand experience. Because the question that always comes up with uh, self-employed people, and I think this is rightly so, the question is, am I going to enjoy this? <laughs> or am I gonna, am, the contrary version of that, am I going to hate working with these people? And I've certainly had clients, to be honest, that I really, really, really disliked working with. Uh, it was like a personality mismatch, or it was a uh, perhaps a values mismatch or some other kind of mismatch. And the concern is when you specialize, you've got a couple options. You could specialize on a market vertical. You could specialize on a type of problem. You could specialize on both, as I do. That I'm a good example of someone who's specialized on both. And the concern is you'll make a choice that you later regret <laughs> or you know, wish you had cho chosen differently. And the perception is, oh, it's going to be difficult to undo that choice. And to, a, to an extent, it will involve work to reverse any decision you make or change course. That definitely requires work. If you set course due east and where you needed to go was due south, you will have to do the work of changing course. That in itself may not be that hard, but then you've got to get back on track. And that involves making up for lost time or just accepting that there's been some lost time. However, I will say that there's almost no bad choice that does not give you the hidden gift of learning and greater knowledge and greater understanding of yourself. So I have a hard time saying that there's, you know, a bad choice that's like unilaterally bad. I always think there's something good that can come out of it. That's maybe just my uh, inherent optimism about life, I guess. Anyway, kind of wandering a little bit here. The main point is if you have limited direct firsthand experience, are you in a good position to make that choice about how to specialize or should you wait until you have more direct hand experience? This is where I start saying some things that are frankly a little bit controversial because to some people they're going to sound crazy. And to others, you know, maybe they'll make sense. My, I contend that as if you look at uh, self-employment as a long-term pursuit, so that automatically sort of rules out people who are uh, self-employed because their first preference of getting a job is not available to them, or they're self-employed to sort of, uh, you know, fill the gap between regular full-time jobs. If that's the case, I'm not really talking to you. I love you, but I'm not talking to you. <laughs> On the other hand, if you if you really take self-employment seriously and look at it as 
a, a part of your personal growth as a human being, as um, your preferred way to make a living and hopefully make a really freaking great living, then I would say that almost no choice about specialization in the long run is a bad choice. Now, again, I'm not speaking to the folks at a full-time job who are, uh, in some cases, I think, correctly afraid of being pigeonholed because in, in an FTE situation, the way those, the dynamics of that tend to work, pigeonholing yourself can reduce options. It can move you into a cul-de-sac that you wish you could get out of and have trouble getting out of. But in the world of self-employment, it just doesn't work the same way because if you avoid specializing, you, you're in that generalist category and you have no compelling advantage that gives clients a good reason to choose you over the competition or, or provides a, a solid justification for charging premium rates. So if, uh, you, if you avoid specializing, it, it doesn't work the same way in the world of self-employment. Now, what if you were in the situation that Mr. D is in and you are brand new to your discipline, which is software development in this case, and you made the choice to specialize with very little direct firsthand experience. And in fact, what if you did what I have, I've literally recommended this to people. Uh, they think I, I think a lot of times they think I'm joking, even though I'm dead serious when I say it. Uh, what I say is if you're, if you're brand new starting out, I think any choice about specializing would be better than none. And, and I'll, I'll touch on one of the, one of the objections to doing this. Uh, the first objection is, Philip, you're crazy. But if you actually believe me that it will work out better for you in the long run, and the way I define that, by the way, is you get over, uh, sometimes I refer to it as the generalist crab bucket, where you're just in a kind of a bucket with a bunch of other crabs, and if you try to crawl out, one of them is going to reach up and grab you and pull you back in. And there's a sort of gravity to being a generalist that can be difficult to escape. Anyway, if, if you're in that generalist crab bucket um, and you decide to specialize very early on, I think your career as a self-employed person will be measurably better, even if you have a few false starts about how you do specialization at first. So again, this is me making the case for specializing early, which I know is not right for everybody. Um, anyway, <laughs> what I've recommended is going to the NAICS drill down table, which is the NAICS dot, I think it's dot com website, has a list of market verticals. And the drill down table is that list of market verticals. And I've recommended printing it out, taping it to a wall, throwing a dart at it. And that's going to land on or near one of the categories. Maybe it lands on retail. Okay. And then you go back to your computer, you click into the retail category, and then you get a list of subcategories. And so there's, you know, I don't know, uh, uh, you know, B2C retail, or there's going to be, you know, probably at least a dozen subcategories underneath retail. You print that out, you tape that to a wall, you throw a dart, and you have made a decision through some a process that is as close to randomness as possible. Now, you don't actually have to print out <laughs> this uh, chart. You can just, you know, have it up on the screen, close your eyes, uh, 
you know, have somebody spin you around and then you put your finger on the screen and see what it lands near to. So I'm actually not kidding when I talk about this process because even a completely arbitrary pseudo-random choice about how to specialize, I believe in the long run, will work out better than a non-choice, avoiding making that choice. Now, I would not actually give this advice to everybody universally because some people, uh, like I'm a, I'm a great example of the person I would not give this advice to, how I feel about my work is so important to me that I, c- I, don't, I couldn't just delegate the process to randomness, the process of making that choice. I very much want to work with people I like, that I respect, that I um, can communicate relatively easily with. And for me, that's why I've chosen to work mostly with individuals or small businesses rather than big Fortune 500 companies. Uh, For me, that's just been a much more natural fit that feels better. But I could see someone else with a much more sort of mercenary approach to making this decision who makes the decision based on other factors. And that's the type of person who I think would have an easier time with the advice I'm giving here, which is to choose early rather than waiting. Well, it's not, again, the advice is not something I would give to everybody, but it is the type of advice I would give to someone who is kind of fits that more mercenary profile, meaning their feelings about their work maybe are more driven by how profitable it is or how much, um, you know, how, how easy it is to create a premium market position for their services or something like that. Those where they're, um, you know, how they feel about the work is not as driven perhaps by the people they work with or the type of the industry they work in. Um, for folks like that, I would, I would say, yeah, you can choose early, but for other people where, uh, it's maybe a more emotional decision. I actually would recommend not specializing quite so early and instead just be a generalist. I know that in my own marketing for, you know, my products and services, I constantly beat up on generalists. In fact, in my course, the position course, uh, very tongue in cheek. Uh, I, I actually, uh, <laughs> there's an email sequence that reminds you to make progress through the course. And if you don't, you start getting these uh, reminder emails that start calling you funny names, uh, like slacker generalist, or I forget some of the names. Um, but I actually do kind of beat up on generalists a little bit. And part of it is because I really do believe that for a lot of people, not for everybody, for a lot of people, specialization is going to help them achieve their goals for their business. Um, and so I, I really am applying a little bit of pressure to get generalists to see the limitations of the situation that they're usually in. Um, so I do kind of beat up on generalists, but I do think that for, for a lot of people, spending, let's say, a year or two as a generalist can teach you a whole lot and put you in a better position to start to specialize. So, Mr. D, without really knowing more about your situation, I couldn't say uh, for you whether it's better to um, specialize early or get to have some more experience. 
I, I mean, I certainly can say buy my book <laughs> because if you buy it and you're like, whoa, dude, this is too intense. I'm just starting out. Um, I'll give you your money back the second you email me and ask me to. Um, and I've actually uh, done that at least once. You know, one of the refunds that I've had for my book is someone who said, uh, this is kind of more advanced. It's not that advanced, but it was more beyond where they were because they were just starting out. I've had other people who are in the exact same situation where maybe they're even working a full-time job and planning on making the leap to working for themselves, or they're very early in their self-employment. And they've bought the book and, and thought it was you know the best thing since sliced bread and found it very beneficial because it, it plays into how they do the planning for the next couple of years of their business. So sorry to sort of end this on a, well, I don't know, buy it or don't buy it sort of note, but it, it really depends on a lot of the things that I've covered thus far in this podcast. So I do uh, hope that that is helpful. And if you have a question you'd like me to tackle on this podcast, do the following. Call this phone number I'm about to give you. Speak your message into the recording. It will get sent to me via Dropbox. I will play it on air and answer it live on air. The phone number to call is 707-204-0717. That's the Consulting Pipeline Podcast answer line, 707 707- to, sorry, 707-204-0717. Hope to hear some questions from you and uh, looking forward to talking to you soon.